Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. It's your girl, Sandra. Here to recap a... Man, wow. A final game for everyone, basically. Took a bit of a week off there uh, while in Portland. And we have to recap a Chicago Red Stars semifinal loss. Uh, but it's not all sadness and tears. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And uh, I couldn't do it alone. No one could do it alone. So I invited my friend, homie, and colleague, as always, Claire Watkins. How you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm a little bit uh, worn out. Yeah, same. Um, well, I'm super, super bummed the season is over. <laughs> same. Uh, hard thing. Very hard thing. But uh, you know what? I'm happy to be home. And uh, the work begins again, you know? It's, uh, for people who don't know, it's been, it's been quite the week slash few days for some of us. Uh, I was out in Portland since last Tuesday, um, covering, went to go cover the semifinal and then stay through to championship uh, weekend. And Claire... And I were reunited in Portland. She flew in around Thursday. So it's um it's been a long series of days. Um but our focus is gonna be on this semifinal match. And some things happened before this match actually took place. Um there was a hurricane in sort of limbo status. It hadn't yet hit on the East Coast. And uh what ended up happening was a strange series of events of Pretty much nothing. Um, there was like this sort of wait and see approach uh, when it came to the hurricane, sort of see what was going to happen. And then ultimately, um, the league essentially kind of stepped in and made a decision regarding uh, North Carolina's uh, home semifield match, which was essentially to relocate it and reschedule it. And the match was then, it was determined that the match was going to be played in Portland because. Uh, they were going to have all the, the setup there as far as the crew and everything like that. Um, it was a neutral site, so that Chicago wasn't a place where it was hosted. And that the other benefit would essentially be that whichever team won that match could just sort of stay there and then carry themselves into the championship weekend. And um, it was a little weird. You know, all that stuff kind of surrounding it. And there was a lot of noise from a lot of different sides of all that things. But I was just glad that essentially a decision wasn't made. Because honestly, before it was made, it was getting a little, I don't i don't know what the right word is to use. A lot of, because there's, there's too many words to use. Touchy? <laughs> it was getting a little touchy. Just maybe even a little chippy. Yeah, uh, there were some hurt <laughs> feelings, I think. There were a lot of, there uh, were a lot of. Yeah. But. Yeah, a lot of was, fighting about the weather. There was a lot of fighting about the weather, and people said a lot of things, and yeah. maybe, maybe retweeted some things that they didn't mean in hindsight, or that they know? did, I or mean. that they did. But we'll never know. Yeah, because it just refuses to talk about them, even yeah. when they get asked about them. But the game was moved. The teams eventually made it out to Portland, and uh, it was it was sort of interesting uh, the vibe around both of these teams. Heading into this game, I know that us at Hot Time, we had we had planned to have content like every single day of that week, like leading up to this playoff game, because we we're like, yeah, like team Chicago team, like Chicago soccer team, like in the playoffs, 
they deserve to have content about them every day. And so we tried to roll out with something every day. And then it in- ended up being that we had to become like meteorologists and track a hurricane and write things about that. Um, and then finally, like the game was happening and, and we got to finally do like a, a preview and, and stuff like that. So it was sort of interesting. Um, the vibes around both of these teams leading up into that game, especially, uh, coming out of that pregame conference call that some of us on the media participated in uh, that Wednesday. Then finally sort of heading into the weekend and um, I was able to attend a practice with the Red Stars before they headed out that Sunday to Portland. And honestly, um, even in the, the weeks leading up to this match from when they clinched against Sky Blue and that game, that final game against Utah where it just looked like they were just ready to play their semifinal and then to this last sort of practice and this team and sort of the verbiage that they were using around this season was all the same, no matter who you were talking to. So it could have been one of the rookies or it could have been players who have been around a long time, like Alyssa Mott or, or Vanessa DiBernardo um, to Rory Dames and the coaching staff. They all were sort of on the same page as far as this unified message going into the playoffs, where this is a team that has a very, very deep culture. Um, but in this becoming this team that has sort of made the playoffs in all these consecutive years in a row, it felt like a very different team as far as previous teams heading into the semis. Um, I know with us, Claire, this is like your this was your first season kind of covering the team with with hot time. What was sort of your perspective on this team heading into this playoff? You're right in that it felt different. Um I, I mean, I, I've said this, I've said this in, um, after the game was over. So I don't know if this is actually true. Cause you can say whatever you want after the game already happens. But, um, what I would say is I would not go so far as to say that I thought Chicago was going to win. I think that that would have been naive and clearly in what we saw in the final, just, you know, it's tough, but, um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I would say that I thought they could have, I thought that they were sharp and they were ready. Um, and I thought that I thought that, uh, the league made the right choice if it was too late. Uh, I think having it in Portland was the right move. I think they could have done it on Sunday. I will say this. I'm not sure I have felt as, awful about this season as I did in the days when we did not know what was going to happen. I was stressed out. Yes. <laughs> I was bummed for these teams. It was I time. was frustrated. Um, it was maybe two or three days where we really, really didn't know what was going to happen. And at points I was so frustrated that I, I, w- I just, like, it almost just, like, I um, like to drive me, like, it made me want to cry. Like, it was just, like, <laughs> ridiculous. And we've had our whole season wrapped up in this. And to have that kind of indecision being played out at that point was awful to me. So I can, I hope, yeah. I hope, and I trust, actually, I trust that that didn't trickle down to the players. It was obviously making Rory Dames sick to his stomach all week. Um, I, so I hope that they were able to protect themselves pretty well from that. And you talk about like their vibe going into the game. It seems like they did, they did a good job of just being like, we'll do whatever needs to be done. Um, 
But yeah, so that was super, super stressful when we did not know what was happening. And even when they did announce the plan, it was the best option of a bad, you know, situation. situation made yeah, worse, sure. made worse by the fact that they didn't decide anything. But I remember just thinking that I was so relieved that they had made a decision at all because I did not trust that they would do that. Yeah. So, no, same. Yeah. It was it was a lot. And I, I have to really um I guess I'll just really commend, like, honestly, both the coaches and, and staff of, of each team because you want to talk about just, like, keeping your players in the right state of mind. Yeah. Uh, talking to some of the players, uh, they mentioned how that they weren't really stressing it maybe as much as, you know, the people who had to make those decisions were. Right. That they were just sort of trying to keep their mindset in, in the, you know, the competitive, you know, spirit and like, we're going to be playing a semifinal kind of thing. That's where our focus is. And until the decision was made, then they were going to be like, all right, let's, let's roll with it. Let's go. So I really have to commend the staff and the coaches for like, just sort of I'm, I'm North Carolina anchors for just sort of keeping these players in the right mindset, you know, going into this game, because <laughs> We're gonna dive into it now. We're, we got a real special treat from 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 these two teams in the semifinal, despite all of those crazy circumstances uh, going into the game. You had these two teams with their coaches and staff and their players just sort of very locked in and ready to play. Like we're on the Red Stars, you know, they just have you know just to echo what they've been saying. They felt that this was a very special team and they were very excited and almost felt sort of re-energized to play this semifinal, even if it is the semifinal that they've been to in the fourth consecutive year in a row, or or the Courage, who are just still very very motivated, like we've seen with all their their stuff with the Hunt or you know no finish line kind of thing. So both of these teams were were still very motivated going in into this can match. Can I can I interject something? Uh, of course. This has bothered me all year. <laughs> Oh, well, you know what? You should tell what it is right now. Um, uh, yeah, North Carolina's uh, no finish line is very frustrating to me because finish line is a Chance the Rapper song, and it's a really great song, <laughs> and it's about having a finish line, and they're like, no finish line, hashtag champion, and I'm just like, that's disrespectful. Basically, if you don't know us by now... <laughs> We are the Chicago Twins, yeah. and any opportunity we get to bring anything back to Chicago yeah. in this world, we will do it. Yeah. In six steps or less. Thank you, Claire. You're welcome. I'm it's sorry. How I feel. I'm sorry. I mean, it bothered you all season, right? It did. It's all season. Literally all season. I'm not it was, kidding. It was more just like a thought that crossed my mind, but I'm sorry that it bothered you. Like, yeah. Well, that's but, maybe the difference in like uh, our vibes, perhaps. I mean, you you are the musician, man. <laughs> it, it is what it is, but very good point. Very, very good point. But diving into this semifinal now, because we got ourselves a treat yeah. of a game to talk about. Um, Starting lineups, we'll just jump right into it. It wasn't it wasn't anything that was too too uh, surprising. I think on on either side. I think the only maybe real kind of switch up might have been the fact that Sabrina D'Angelo was in net for the Courage since uh, Rowland was sort of dealing with some concussion protocol type stuff. Uh, but <clears throat> for the Red Stars, it was pretty much the usual suspects, the ones that we thought were gonna sort of carry this thing home. But you had Alyssa Nair and Net. Uh, for the back line, you had Aaron Gilliland, Julie Ertz, Katie Naughton, Casey Short. 
And then you had Vanessa DiBernardo, Morgan Bryan, Danny Colaprico, Alyssa Motts, Sam Kerr, and Yuki Nagasato just rounding out the 11. Um, I think one of the, the big things for me was seeing Aaron Gillen and Casey Short sort of swapping again, uh, like they had done in that Portland game uh, earlier that season. <clears throat> well, in, in August, I should say. Uh, that was one of the things that's, that stuck out to me the most, but, but everything else I was kind of like, yeah, this, this feels good, man. This feels real, real good. What did you think when you saw that lineup drop? I felt really good about it, mostly just in that uh, as of the last time we spoke, there were still maybe some minor questions as to fitness for some people. Um, obviously, quite a few people were left out of that Utah game um, due to just kind of being banged up a little bit. Probably most significantly, Casey Short, because uh, she came down on her ankle pretty t- pretty hard in that last uh, Chile game. And so the fact that this is where legitimately having a couple extra days might have been helpful. I think everyone was feeling good. Everyone was feeling healthy. Everyone was feeling kind of up to 100%, which um, except for, I, I mean, this is not important to this game at all, but um, Brooke Elby still seems to be kind of limping, speaking of finish lines, limping to the finish line a little bit uh, here at the end of the season. So I hope she has a nice relaxing off season and comes back at full strength next year. Um, but so that was my main takeaway was just that, it seemed like everyone was feeling good physically, which I was really happy to see. Yeah, no, same. And um, just to piggyback what you were talking about a little bit going in, going into the game this that that day, um, I thought I thought it was really sort of telling how like with the players just sort of like getting in the vibe and like getting ready to just sort of do their thing and having those ex- extra days to sort of regather themselves and head in and, and take on this thing and sort of feeling like going from maybe not being so naive and sort of being like, this is the North Carolina courage. They're basically the greatest American women's professional soccer team of all time. Yeah. I wouldn't even say but women's like, just American. Like we're, we're not going to see another team like this probably in a long time yeah. and an incredibly long time, maybe possibly not ever. And it absolutely is correct. Is a correct statement to say going to this, even as somebody who writes about Chicago or follows Chicago or reports on Chicago, saying this is going to be incredibly difficult, which is basically just a nice way of saying like might not win, yeah. like because that's how good yeah. the North Carolina Courage were this season. Yeah, and <clears throat> also, and like I just want to point out that I know a lot of people point to the fact that they did lose a game. That was a fluke. They lost on a fluke, like, 90th minute. Like, that was a tie. That should have been a tie. And and North Carolina is a team that ties sometimes. They don't always win. They do draw sometimes. But they don't lose. I don't even consider that game a loss. They didn't lose that game. That just went weirdly and they, and they didn't lose the the game in Chicago. They had a couple draws. Yeah, right. They had a couple draws against Chicago. Yeah. But, um... Going into this game, it was completely like that's that's sort of how you felt, no matter on what side of the spectrum right. you fell upon, right? But with everything that led up to it, the having to reschedule the match and sort of feeling out the vibe of the team and seeing how re-energized they were, for me personally, it sort of went from like a 70-30, this does not feel great, Bob, to like a 60-40. Yeah. To when it was finally moved, I think you sort of there were people who went into this match like, well, this maybe can go either way, like 50-50. Yeah, and I think also part of it, too, is I think um, 
we watch this team every week and actually in a weird way sometimes that makes us less good at uh determining where exactly like they are in standings with other teams because, so, because just because like we get i think we get stuck on on little things that could be improved um, yeah, I think other people were higher on Chicago coming into this than maybe even we were. <laughs> I think it's just the Chicago in us. Yeah, honestly, that's true. Where it's like be pessimistic yeah. before it happens. Oh, you're like, so I, right. I, dude, I mean, I remember the the sky blue game where we were like, okay, but it didn't happen yet. <laughs> we can't talk about it until <laughs> it actually happens. It until it actually yeah, happens. Yeah, and then they won but, five to nothing. <laughs> and then they won five to nothing. We were like, okay, this was cool. Yeah, I can enjoy it, but. The, the the whistle, the kickoff in this game was just, it just felt different. And I just want to say shout out to Portland real, real quickly for playing host to an extremely last minute game and still nearly getting like 5,000 people out to watch yeah. a women's professional soccer semifinal match that didn't feature the Portland Thorns. Yeah, that was dope. Like that was huge. Like that was like some attendance that some teams out there don't get on the regular. Regular, so, yeah, for real. That was really, really cool. So to sort of, have that uh, experience and sort of see so much excitement about these teams coming into town and then having Red Stars be cheered for during warmups, you know, it was just sort of really yeah. kind of wild. And then to have kickoff happen and then you just had, oh my God, what was it, two or three minutes in, Vanessa Bernardo with like this crazy attempt on goal that just went off the freaking post. And it just gutted me immediately because, again, the Chicago in you is just like, oh, that's not how you want. It's like on one side, you might have a non-Chicago in. might be like, oh, what a great start. Yeah. And on the other side, you might have a real Chicago and be like, oh, this ain't great, Bob. Also, like, I mean, and we, talk, we mentioned this a little bit before we started recording, which is just like this is, if I'm being totally honest, and I think we should be. This is the first time you and I have sat down to discuss this game. Yeah, we've had a lot of a lot of We've been busy. We've been busy and we've had a lot of opportunity to just sort of sit with it. Yeah. Even when we were in Portland. Yeah. You and I really did not talk we about it. We didn't talk about it. It's no. too fresh. It's like we were saving it. Yeah. <laughs> um and we were just saving you it for the pot. and just like you starting to talk about it. I'm just like Oh am man, I, am I start? Am I starting to? Am I starting to unpack some things? Yeah, for, for me, I'm like really starting to like go through it now. Um, but I mean, it started. I mean, this it started. This semifinal started out the way Chicago think, could have had two goals in the first eight minutes. It's ridiculous, and yeah. they should have had, and they could have had three. Honestly, yeah. it's ridiculous. But you know, you had that uh, a shot, a post shot, you know, from. Vanessa Di Bernardo and, and Eric, Eric Gillen like really helped set that up. You know the the outside backs in this game were just like really just present, like they were so really good in this game. Yeah. You no, know? and then you had this quick back and forth thing, and then it was like boom. Two minutes later, you had North Carolina up on the board with a goal, and it was like, oh, hold on, what what just happened? Yeah, and you know you know the thing about that too is like. Result aside, especially if you look at that first 10-minute period, I, I hate that Chicago did not score on them. Even if they'd won, even if, they, if the game had gone different and North Carolina had still won, it's very, yes. stu- it's very stupid that Chicago did not score in this game. Yeah, the finishing was frustrating. I think I saw like something on <laughs> – I, I, forgive me whoever you are if, – <laughs> 
or if you even listen to this little ridiculous podcast. But whoever you were, whoever it was that posted, like, name a better, name a more iconic duo than the Chicago Red Stars and, like, the Post or Crossbar or whatever, I was just dying. Because I was like, man, there could not be a more, like, accurate tweet. And it could not have come in a more, like, inopportune time for the Red Stars. Because this first half, this first half to about 60, 65 minutes of soccer for the Red Stars was some of the best soccer that we saw from this team all season. And it basically looked like a team that was finally starting to come together and get it. And they just ran out of time, essentially. And from even with the Red Stars conceding that goal in the fifth minute to Jess McDonald and Crystal Dunn, she was wisely, you know, Katie um, Nodden went to, to mark her. Okay. And she still got the ball off and Jess McDonald was gone in a heartbeat. The one thing we did talk about ad nauseum <laughs> was yes. what happened on that goal. <laughs> yes. You, me, and John Halloran, who is our our other friend, homie, and colleague. In, in few, in, oh, yes, in fairness, yeah. in fairness to, to, in respect to transparency. Yeah. While we were in Portland, it was real Chicago. It was real Chicago. I yeah. went out there on Tuesday. Claire got out there Thursday. John D. Halloran, after some ridiculous delays, yeah. finally got out there as well, like yeah. super early Friday morning. And we eventually all found ourselves. The thing I loved, actually, some this, beverages is, this talking is about this game. Yeah, this is not about soccer, but I did love that John and I actually never we hadn't met in person before. And yes. we did not introduce ourselves to each other. Until just I like, hey, what's you. up? Until I made the two like, like, like three days minute. later. Yeah. I was like, Wait a minute. Yeah. No, but like, it was just immediate. It was just like, oh, hey. Oh, oh. But oh, no, hey. that's, that's fam. That's yeah. love. But yeah. the three, you are right. The three of us in particular yeah. did really talk about that moment specifically. Because whether, Crystal Dunn, whether we thought Chicago's defense messed up. Yeah, because Chris, I mean, and, and also whether or not Crystal Dunn is just basically so amazing and probably should have been a candidate for MVP. Right. She's that good. Yeah. And just drew a defender and passed out of pressure. Our our best defender in Katie Naughton, right? And passed out of pressure and connected with Jess McDonald, who just is like eight feet tall and had all these strides on Julie Hurts and just just put it away. And uh, even despite that moment, though, this whole first half, seeing the Red Stars just really body the mid. You know, and just take it, like take players like Crystal Dunn or Sam Mewis, you know, or or Janice O'Sullivan, just putting work in in this midfield and sort of creating these chances, you know, having, you know, stringing their passes, you know, having the accuracy there, you know, creating these chances and opportunities on goal and then for the goals to not happen it was absolutely the writing was on the wall because it was just like, this is not a team, nor is this a moment where that can be allowed. (laughs) And it was just happening. It just kept happening one after the other. But I guess the positive side of that is um, heading into that second half as as they kept it, the scoreline one zero that you kind of wondered what, what red stars team you would see in that second half. Um, because honestly, covering this team for the last few years, I was a little nervous about the kind of team that was going to come out of that locker room because they had been in this situation before. Yeah, you know, coming in Just chasing a, a game, ago. Yeah. chasing a game, and 
what were they going to look like? And they kept it up in that second half for at least probably what about the next 15 minutes or so uh, in that second half. And you saw Casey short um, getting on the ball a lot, having a couple shot attempts and um, you know, again, all these what ifs, right? Like, you know, what if Casey short maybe was a super hundred percent in as far as her fitness, you know, with her ankles, like maybe there would have been some more strength on some of those shots or, you know, maybe there might've been a, a, a rebound and who knows what could have happened. Right. So, but you still saw the outside backs, uh, getting in the attack and trying to create things and make things happen. But, um, it just eventually wasn't enough. And I don't know if I feel confident enough to say that we eventually saw the red stars hit a wall more than we just saw an amazing North Carolina courage team make their adjustments. Yeah. And I think that's more what we really saw. Yep. Yeah, no, you're completely right. And I think, um, I think you can, you can knock this down a little bit to maybe bad luck, you know, but, um, the reason the red stars hit the post twice in the first 10 minutes is because that's when they were given opportunities. You know what I mean? Like there's a reason why a lot of what Chicago was doing was in that first half. And sure, that part is unlucky. Um, but the reason that those shots needed to happen and needed to be successful is because North Carolina all season from minute 55 to 90 has been insane, except the one time they played Utah and they couldn't hold it together. Um, and now I'm sad. I'm thinking about it. I'm just like, damn. Um, this is a bummer, but uh... no, no, because it was because I mean, I, yeah. it is a bummer because again, just talking about the soccer that we saw yeah. match, these two teams were just playing such great soccer. Like you saw the Red Stars really challenge and push North Carolina Courage in a way that we hadn't seen any team really do throughout the entire season. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then you had this North Carolina Courage team just really sort of adjusting on the fly to some of this pressure that they were seeing. I mean, even into all the way through into the 75th minute, there wasn't a fantastic opportunity on it was like a free kick play, right? Where Sam Kerr and Morgan Bryan, Morgan Bryan nearly got ahead on, on a set piece and then ended up going down and everybody held their kind of collective breath on that one. Cause she had to, you know, uh, get some treatment and step off to the sideline. But you know, that's what I mean. Like going from that 46 minute all the way through to that 70 minute, it was just, it felt nonstop. And it almost, it almost, it almost feels like the scoreline cheated some NWSL fans out of this game because to sort of see like a 2-0 scoreline, it's like, you kind of can't believe it. It's like, I know there were some predictions out there and I'm fast forwarding here. I know there's some, there were some predictions out there for the championship final against the thorns and the courage and they had like a gold fest. And I was like, I kind of expected that for this match. Right. Um, and it ended up just sort of being like a, a a two, a two zero, uh, match. And that second goal, of course, once the red stars, I think couldn't find that equalizer and North Carolina had made those adjustments. I, Oh, Claire, I'm like putting you through pain right now. I'm upset. I'm You're upset. Once they couldn't get that equalizer and then you saw, North Carolina Courage just sort of definitely lock into their game after making those adjustments. And the Red Stars having to sort of chase while also still creating their chances. 
definitely opened up the game even more than it already was at and, that point. And then Sam Mewis and did that. Sam Mewis <laughs> just came out of nowhere. Just did that and just thing. Did that thing. And you want to yeah. talk? You want to talk about perhaps the most beautiful death? I think I'll take it. <laughs> you saw it live. I can only imagine <laughs> what that looked like. It kill me with honor, and yeah, uh, right. it, was, it was a hell of a way to go. Yeah, um, it was a hell of a way to go. But 86 minute, you know, and you're still you're down two goals, and you still feel like in soccer anything can happen. But it just you know North Carolina once they got that second goal, just definitely locked into their you know, locked into their closing out of the game. And uh, that was ultimately all she wrote for the Chicago Red Stars for the 2018 season. Yeah, I um, I don't want to get too far away from the semifinal, but uh, we did, but we were both out there for the final. And um, the largest amount of sustained pressure that Portland got against North Carolina was in the first 15 minutes of the second half. And they didn't get a goal out of that. And I, I put to uh, the, the room, as it were, uh, after that first 15 minutes, if they thought that Portland was going to score a goal in this game. And a lot of people still said yes. And I'm watching that after seeing what happened against Chicago. And I said, if they're not scoring, then they're not going to score at all. Yeah, absolutely. North- yeah. And that's just a testament to the type of team yeah. that North Carolina was yeah. this season. They became the team, that amazing, fantastic, historically good team that if you did not take advantage of your opportunities, it was going to come back to bite you that if you played a game against North Carolina Courage this season, there was extremely 0% room for error. And that if those error happened, it was likely you were not going to be out on the right side of that match. Um, but, you know, I, I got to say cheers to the Chicago Red Stars. I think I'm going to get in. We're going to, you and I will probably get into a little bit of all the yeah. pulse reaction stuff now. Um <clears throat> It was absolutely a hell of a game. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people out there are just there's a general consensus out there, and and that this was the type of game, a semifinal that people just enjoyed watching or covering or writing about. And you had two teams, uh, both coming out of their locker rooms, sort of at the very least uh, giving a toast to each other for that that type of game. You had uh, courage uh, staff and players sort of going on record post-game, talking about the Chicago Red Stars and the type of team they are and how much they actually love going up against the Chicago Red Stars because the Red Stars are a team that essentially, this is so painful to say, but made the North Carolina Courage better. Um, Just to sort of get into thing, a little bit of something that um, will be coming out soon because Claire and I are going to do a final recap, a championship weekend final recap for you guys. So to give you a preview of that, uh, during media day, Sam Mewis actually went on record with us basically saying that Chicago forced the courage to try to answer some questions that had not been answered of themselves all season. And that that is the type of team the Chicago red stars were and are. Um, so it was just, uh, an amazing match to cover. I, of course, everybody, you know, if you're on the side of Chicago, you would have, you know, wished it would have maybe been, you know, a win to, to recap, but I think Abby Ersig, I believe post game even said about Sam Curb and how to mark her and how to cover her. She just straight out said that it sucks. It just sucks. You know, it's Sam Kerr. She's one of the, she's the greatest forward in the game, you know, and that it just sucked to, to cover her. And, and Paul Riley, you know, was praising Yuki Nagasato and saying how, you know, once she started to get involved in the game, it was going to be incredibly dangerous 
for Chicago. So they had definitely um, done their scouting for sure and uh, knew who to sort of praise and, and pay attention to. And then for the Red Stars and the Red Stars side of things, you know, you had a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of, you know, pain in regards of, you know, this game ended in a loss and you want to just continue and move forward. Uh, but there was still that sort of like unified message of this, uh, of surrounding this team and uh, who they were this year, just sort of being a special team and sort of having that belief in each other um, from longtime players, you know, to players who have been around for a couple of years to somebody like Sam Kerr, who just joined the Red Stars this year and had sort of went on record and said that she'd been in part of other teams and in a lot of other places and that this was one of the more special teams that she had uh, been a part of. And it was fun to sort of be there post game and ask her those questions as somebody who covers her like in Chicago and then sort of have like a lot of Portland media or non-Chicago media sort of not know how to react to Sam Kerr and her post games and her jokes and stuff like that. But she was having a good time uh, joking around with some of us in the post game. And I asked her about like off season plans, in Chicago and stuff like that. But she, she feels good here. She feels happy as a red star. And yeah. I think that's about as optimistic as you can get and, coming out of this game. And not to get too like inside baseball on this, but um, I, I, I want to maybe break that whole situation down a little bit for people who listen to the podcast and um, maybe have a little bit less experience with like the media experience, especially in Portland. Um, obviously. So this was a neutral site game, right? So the in the last minute one at that. So the the media there was primarily people from Portland and Sandra. And um <laughs> what? I mean like you know what I mean though. It's like it that was amazing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, but it's true. And um so when you talk to players post game in the mix zone, they come through, you just grab them, you ask questions, that sort of a thing. So the people talking to Sam Kerr at the end of that game were Sandra and probably a lot of people who don't cover her regularly, but obviously know her very well because of who she is. And they asked her some questions. I think they thought that their readers might be interested in Sam Kerr answering. And I think Sam Kerr thought that was kind of funny and decided to uh, say some stuff, <laughs> which is like, I, uh, I will yeah. always be here for Sam Kerr to yeah. just say some stuff. To say some it's stuff. It's a good time. Yeah. It's a good time. Um, so, so the thing I would say there is a don't read too much into it. Um, yeah, but B believe them when they say that they really like playing for this team. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Right. Yeah. Believe it Shocking, or not. Yeah. Right? Believe it or not. There was a whole locker room of, uh, players there who had just lost a friggin' semifinal and really just wanted to talk about how much they loved being a Chicago red star yeah. and loved being you know with their teammates and playing for that team and I think the disappointment just ultimately came from the fact that they just couldn't play another game with each other and compete for a championship together mm -hmm. and uh a lot of optimism amongst the sadness was sort of the vibe that was uh carried on out and uh it was definitely a hell of a season to cover and i'm super grateful to it to have been there along for the ride and i'm super grateful that you were along for the ride claire because this was your first year thanks sandra this is your first year as a contributor at hot time in old town and sure. it was like it was weird because it's like uh the chicago red stars made this like big draft day trade and got sam kerr and then it was like hot time drafted claire watkins <laughs> it was like 
let's go all in. Yeah. Let's just make this happen. Did you just compare me to Sam Kerr right now? You are the Sam Kerr to my Yuki Nagasato. Wow. That's the <laughs> nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. We're having a feelings hey. time. <laughs> so many feelings going on. Yeah. In Portland. Coming out of Portland. And Claire and I are actually going to co-author something for Hot Time talking about that. So please look out for it. Um, if you guys haven't read it yet, Claire had a wonderful, wonderful recap of this match that is up at Hot Time in Old Town. And I also had some post-game reactions that we were just talking about up at Hot Time in Old Town. So I would please also, check those out. I would also specifically don't... If you haven't read, actually, Sandra's preview to that game, don't think that you it's only relevant in what happened before because there's some there are there's some some what you feedback from the team that I don't think anyone else really got and um a lot of really really good stuff from Julie Ertz a lot of really good stuff from Vanessa DiBernardo both of whom who have been with this team for a long time and speaking specifically to the testament of their kind of off-field ethos and how they feel as a club and I think that Obviously, these things were said before the semifinal, but they were not dependent on a semifinal result. So if you haven't seen the preview either, that's absolutely worth checking out. Claire, you're such a good hype man. I appreciate you so much. (laughs) Claire, where can the good people out there find you and your work if they want to follow you and your shenanigans? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I don't even know anymore. I'm everywhere. I'm on... Brain is fried. Yeah, I'm on Hot Time in Old Town. You can find my stuff on the Equalizer. Um, I put out a piece before the semifinal on SB Nation proper about Vanessa DiBernardo because she's dope. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Scout Ripley, which is uh, the name of my band. Scout Ripley rules. They're better than Whitney. They're better than any other Chicago local band out there. Scout Ripley was the muse to that preview. It's true. Yeah. It is very, very true. So follow Scott Ripley and they're gonna have some shows probably coming up now that it's We do. Fall. Yeah. Yeah. And, follow uh, it. I'll always I'll always let the good people know where they can find us. Yeah. Let the good people know where you can find those gigs at mm-hmm. and we'll probably all be at one or two or a few of them and yeah. stop us if you see us at those shows and have a drink and say hi and talk about how much you love the Chicago Red Stars. Yeah. If you want to follow me and my shenanigans, you could do that at Sandrera underscore. That's S-A-N-D-H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. You can also find all my work at uh, Hot Time in Old Town. And you can continue to support the Southside Chat Podcast by following us on Podbean or following us on iTunes. You just got to search for Southside Chat Podcast. Leave us a like, leave us a review, subscribe, tell us how much you love Chicago because we're Chicago kids who love Chicago things. And follow Southside Trap Podcast Twitter at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Don't be sad. You're from Chicago. Love it. Bye.